Everybody's on a summer vacation. I know there's a lot of people missing for wedding planning, and um, but uh, I uh, I uh, am excited and I'm happy to be here. I I uh, I don't know sometimes how it all comes together, but today I got the uh, opportunity to to share my heart and to preach God's word, and and uh, I have no idea what. Uh, uh, what I was preaching on, except for maybe uh, a couple hours ago, I was I was really preparing Monday, Tuesday to preach on the Holy Spirit and and uh, uh, how awesome the Holy Spirit is and 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 what we believe the Holy Spirit is and just to define that for us because because there's so much stuff out there. Me and Dennis are talking about uh, uh, this uh, sensationalist uh, uh, Christianity, and I don't know if anybody's ever heard of that, but. But that's a whole topic of its own, and I really got into that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and I thought I was going to share something on that. But but when it came to Thursday, Friday, I'm like, man, uh, God, I have nothing in my heart to, to. I'm not ready for that. That's a big topic that I probably need to work up myself. And and I went back to just going to the Bible plan and going, huh? What's in there? What is in those? What are those nuggets we got the last couple of weeks reading Job and Acts and and there's some cool stuff in there and I just just wanted to share on on uh, on Job. I I think uh, Dennis shared last time uh, on overcoming sin and he was talking about that. You know, there's a lot of good stuff, chunky good awesomeness in Job that you don't want to miss. <laughs> uh, it's just good meats right there. Uh, and and I wanted to reiterate that. I wanted to strengthen that because. Job is an awesome book, actually, and that's where we're going to spend most of our day. Um, uh, Dennis was saying, you know, he was preaching the message on uh, overcoming sin in your life, and Job was a man that could do that. Job had that ability to overcome. He had the ability to say, I'm righteous before God. And, and, and he did say that many times when he was refuting his first initial three friends who, who came out and told him, hey, this is what we understand life is, and it's like this, and you're definitely a bad guy because so much bad stuff is happening to your life. But I, uh, I wanted to focus more on what his fourth friend said, the younger one, all of them. Uh, and I wanted to, before we focus on what he said, I wanted to build up a case for him because uh, I think he was uh, a bit different than, than his other three friends. And, and, and he was pretty much dead on when he spoke and uh uh i'm missing something i had a thought just fade yeah i uh first i want to see uh who has uh their notepads today i actually want to see your notepad and and a pen you have to have both because it's pointless to have no notepad and or have a notepad and not a pen Cool. Oh, and those who don't have a notepad, please stand at this time and go to the... No, <laughs> no, no, Roman, you can sit. But, uh, but shame, Roman. Feel the shame. Good, good. Feel the shame. You are, you are failing today. I, uh, I, I love this. I actually love uh, uh, notepads. I, 
I remember we, we uh, uh, five years ago we went on a youth retreat and Al and Dima all gifted us uh, uh, the the youth leaders. They gifted us a notepad, and it was like, you know, this awesome, cool notepad with designs and stuff. And it's like, whoa, cool. I'm never going to use that, I thought, in my back of my head. But every time I sat next to Dima, Dima was like, write that down. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And after about a year or so, that thing was packed. We went to Louisiana, New York, everywhere. And remember, you know, uh, uh, just having the ability to go, whoa, you know what? I've been a Christian for a year now. What did I learn? Go back to your notepads and just to go through, breeze through there and go, man, that was such a huge impact on my life. That was such a, a huge turning point. That strengthened me right there. That Man, I remember that revelation. I remember how powerful that was. We went to, we went to the G4T conference and I was almost on, on the verge of not expecting anything and all the last prayer or, or the prayer before the last prayer, God spoke to me in such a dramatic way and, 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 and I could finally do this and this, you know, I got a healing and, and your notepad is your tracking device and, and it's it's amazing how if I, if I ask three of you guys after the service to come to me and I ask you these three questions. Question number one, what are the main points of the sermon? If you didn't have a notepad or you did have a notepad, it makes a huge difference. Question number two, what was the main highlight, the, the biggest highlight of the sermon? What was the one thing that you remember? The one reason why you, 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 you took time to, instead of going and hanging out with your friends, you came to church and you got around God's word. Why? Why did you come tonight? What was the main, what was the main thought? People who have notepads will say, oh, oh yeah, this was an awesome thought. Why? Because it's almost like you forget it instantly. You like leave the prayer, you're like, oh God, I'm going to change my life. Okay, snacks. And uh, what are we doing tomorrow? And, uh, and that's it. And it's like the day's gone. Youth is, no, it's not. You actually came yeah. to get your life changed. And, and your notepad actually helps you big time. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and the last is, uh, is scriptures. What Bible verses do you remember from the night? And it's like, oh, man, that, I, I at least remember a thought. I, I think I can do that without a notepad. But when it comes to scriptures, oh, man, yeah, he read somewhere interesting, and it was awesome, but I don't even know or what. And you're actually supposed to follow and know those scriptures, and that's your duty as a disciple, you know? Like, so every time you come without a notepad, you're failing. You're really wasting your time. You're, you're, you're wasting everything that's invested into you. It kind of just gets stolen as soon as you leave the, the building. Okay? Um, and your Bible, of course. Uh, know how to get through, you know. Youth is a great time to start learning where stuff is and get through the Bible. And, you know, Dennis gave us awesome cues. Uh, uh, giants eat their peas, right? Eat, eat, peas, and, peas and carrots. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but did anybody write that down? <laughs> See, see, <laughs> that's years ahead. You're years ahead of the group, Ben. <laughs> Just on that one quote. <laughs> um, all right. So let's let's keep going. God, we uh, we come before you, God, and we we are hungry to receive from you or hungry God to to go back through what we've studied this week in our Bible plans to go back through what what you've been speaking to us God and just anchor that in our spirits anchor that in. help us to grasp and, and comprehend and understand 
your purpose, your plan, what, you're, what you've spoke to us, just confirm it again with your spirit, God. Make us able, God, to, to take on this world, to take on, God, the challenges that are thrown in our lives, to take on, God, those, those, those temptations by your power, by your strength, God, and with you, God. Help us, God, to keep walking down this path after you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we, uh, we, uh, I'm going to go by memory just what I can quickly remember from the book of Job. So I would say the biggest battle, that, that, that the biggest lesson that we get from the book of Job, like the heart of the book of Job is, is, is it answers the question, is suffering just for bad guys or for good guys? What is the purpose of suffering, right? Because Job keeps claiming he's a good guy, but he's suffering, and all his friends say, hey, Suffering is only if you're bad. So if you're suffering, that means you have to have a secret sin somewhere. So, you know, quit denying it and just confess it and get, get over it. Let God, you know, complete the judgment and move on with your life. And all three friends kept bringing that up to Job, and Job kept refuting them, saying, Hey, okay, one thing is I'm, I'm questioning what God is doing in my life right now. Another thing is you're my friends. You're supposed to, you know, help me and support me, but you keep... Can, you know, addressing that I have a sin in my life, and 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 and, and you're wrong. And he keeps refuting him. Keeps he keeps every time they bring a, a reproach to him, he goes, "Okay, if that would stick, I, I would take it. I wish I could just repent and 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 be sorrowful for what I did, but I don't know what I'm what I should be sorry for." And he claims, says, he says, "God, if I could just just talk to you directly and ask you directly, what are you punishing me for, right? Because my whole life I did this, my whole this, and I did this, and this. And it came to a point where him and his three friends, uh, his three friends kept addressing the same thing again, and it's like a repeated disc. And Job was like getting tired of it. He's like, guys, come on, I just answered the same question. Why do I have to answer it again? And the next guy goes, well, I will, you, must, you must be being, you know, you must be destroyed because you have sin. And Job's like, I don't have sin. The next guy goes, oh, you must be destroyed because you have sin. I don't have sin. I don't know what's going on. God has left me. Help me. He's like, well, it must be because you have sin. He's just so frustrated and he's, he's, he's almost angry at God. He's saying, God, I've trusted you. I've walked with you and this, this is what I get after being a Christian? I, again, my, I watch my whole family die. I watch everything that I've accumulated by, by walking faithfully. You just be devoured, my own flesh, my blood. Everything is being, you know, my, my wife is against me. Everything that I've, that, I've, that, I've, that I've gained from following you is ripped apart. And in the beginning, he was saying, you know, well, I came into this world naked and I'll leave in this world naked. But towards the end of his friends constantly telling him that he's a sinner, he's a sinner, he's blowing a gasket. And he's saying, God, if I could meet you face to face, I would, I would, fight with you i would con, 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 i would not fight i would i would contend with you i would i would ask you directly you know uh why i want to know why i deserve to know why and uh uh i'm glad in this church we uh we uh we teach subordination and if you guys haven't uh, if you guys never heard anything on that you can listen to some past messages character school especially Look it up. Subordination is, if you know the army, right, the general is the top, you know, the president is above him, and then you have, you know, all the lieutenants and, and, and foot soldiers, stuff like that. And subordination is basically being submitted to your leader. And that's, you know, uh, submission is not even questioning uh, 
why or how come. It's not always for you to know why your leader decided this way or that way, right? Subordination. And, and we get that from God. God doesn't always explain everything when we want it to be explained. He doesn't always put out everything. And that's the point. He, that's how he tests us. That's, that's how he knows if we're going to be faithful, even if it makes sense or it doesn't make sense, right? Remember uh, Abraham and his son, and he had to kill him. That's pretty crazy. And, and Joseph, and he gets this dream, but then, you know, this whole craziness happens. And, and, but in it all, the book of Job, I want to, uh, back to the book of Job, I want to say this. The book of Job explains that for us. And the book of Job is dynamic. Why? Because most scholars believe that it is the oldest literature that we have. It, it was written in Genesis, written before Moses wrote the five books of, uh, it was, it, Job is the oldest book in the Bible, even though it's not first, it is the oldest. And, and it was the first book to answer this question, because in this world, I think we all come to that point and ask ourselves, why am I suffering, right? And as, as a youth, as a young person, when you, you're following God 100% and all of a sudden something comes, a trial comes and, and suffering comes or a temptation comes or something, you just want to go, wait a minute, Friday night I was on fire, everything was awesome, I was like, yeah, I'm going to take over my school, uh, I'm going to, you know, that's it, I'm, I'm closing my Facebook, I'm ha- stop hanging out with my friends and my whole life is going to change. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, come and, 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 and it's like, whoa, what just happened? And, or, you know, you get in a car accident or you get a speeding ticket or, or you get an F in, in school or, you know, or something happens that you didn't expect and, and almost like, it's like, well, then I must be wrong. Then must, God must not like me. Then, you know, maybe those radical decisions were for nothing. Maybe I just went crazy. Maybe, you know, I, I don't even know what's going on. I don't even know if I'm a Christian. I don't even know if I want to be a Christian. It just doesn't make any sense. I, I mean, I had all this foundation. I'm standing on something, and then it just vanishes. And what's the point? And that's the same thing that Job was going through. It's the same questions that Job had. And this fourth friend, I want to go through uh, five reasons why we can trust or at least uh, listen to what he's saying, right? His other friends, it seemed like they, were, they only had one, one view of the situation. Job had his view of the situation, but his fourth friend had a different view from both. He accused both Job and of the three friends of being wrong. He, accused, he said, you three friends haven't been able to stop Job. And you, and you, Job, are wrong, right? And, and that's one of the reasons why we should listen to him, because he addresses Job, and Job doesn't respond back. Job doesn't say anything after he talks for six chapters. He doesn't, God responds after that. And uh, it says that uh, he speaks for six chapters, which is the most out of the whole book. He speaks the most consecutively uh, that's a big sign already like if you know nobody can shut him up for six chapters straight he must be on a roll like he's he's doing something and he when he speaks he says i'm the youngest ones i was kept silent this whole time because you know i didn't want to break subordination and i didn't want to insult anybody but he goes but i i walk in the spirit i, I feel god's spirit on me and i have to say something right and uh and uh after he speaks, God answers. God answers Job. God actually confirms what he just said. It's, it's a big thing. And uh, that's number two. Number three, or sorry, number one is uh, he speaks for six chapters. Number two is he speaks 
then God answers. Number three is he brings rebuke to Job, and he brings rebuke to Job's friends. And that's in uh, uh, 33, 32. And Job repents in 42, 6. Job repents once he hears God. And he says, God, when I didn't see you, I thought this way. But now that I see you and I know and you, 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 you spoke to me, he goes, I repent. I'm, I'm, I'm nothing before you. And, uh, and, uh, God rebukes those three friends. Remember at the end of the chapter, he, God rebukes those three friends, but he doesn't rebuke the fourth one. It's not mentioned. And uh, that's uh, four. Number five is he is able to pinpoint Job's error. He's able to point it out. And that's 33, 8 through 12. We can open up that. And we'll continue reading 33. says but you have said in in my hearing well and this is another thing is he's been around the whole time his three friends have been talking and job has been talking so he heard that whole dialogue and that whole conversation and and now he says but you have said in my hearing i heard the very words i am pure i have done no wrong and that goes you know with uh, against Romans says every man's a sinner and it says yeah god has found fault with me he considers me his enemy he fastens my feet in shackles he keeps close watch on all my paths he's saying he's basically job is accusing god of not being fair but i tell you in in this you are not right for god is greater than any mortal that's what he accuses job of he says job you're not right god is fair and he's greater than you and what he's doing you may not understand but he's doing it for your good and later on, he explains this. Later on, he says, But I tell you, in this you are not right. For God is greater than, than any mortal. 13. Why do you complain to him what he responds, when he responds to no one's words? For God does speak. And he's going to go through the way God speaks. Now one way, now another. So two ways. Though no one perceives it in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on people as they slumber in their beds, he may speak in their ears and terrify them with warnings to turn them from wrongdoing and keep them from pride, to preserve them from the pit, their lives from perishing by the sword. So that's one way God can speak. God can speak to you directly in your sleep, in your dream. Maybe you guys heard my testimony. Three o'clock in the morning, God woke me up and, and gave me a pretty startling dream. He basically said, Andre, you know what? I am a fair God. I'm basically in the same place that Job is in. And God's saying, you know what, Andre? I am a fair God. But you are so lost. You have, you have played both. You, you want to be God, and yet you want to serve me. You have to decide what you want. Because if you serve me, I will lead you. I will guide you. I will tell you what kind of dreams to have. I will tell you what kind of job to have. I will tell you who to marry. I will tell you where to go in your life. I will tell you when to move, when not to move. But if you're God, then this is what you have. You have 
a bunch of life with vanity. You just chase the wind. You do whatever you want. You think that pleasure is, 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 is good for a moment, but in the end it leads to nothing. It leads to, to destruction. We're going to read on. 22. Yet uh, they draw near to the pit, and their life uh, to the messenger of death. Yet if there is an angel at their side, a messenger one out of a thousand sent to tell them how to be upright. And he is gracious to that person and God, and, and said to God, Spare them f- from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom for them. Let their flesh be renewed like the children. Let them be restored. They're talking about an angel stepping in and, and asking God to f- favor on, on this person. And it says God will deliver them. It says, God does this, these things to a person, 29, twice, even three times, to turn them back from the pit, that the light of life may shine on them. Pay attention, Job, but listen to me. Be silent, and I will speak. If you have anything to say, answer me. Speak up, for I want to vindicate you. But if not, then listen to me and be silent, and I will teach you wisdom. And Job doesn't respond. So Job is saying in that statement that he's right. Sorry, I'm... I'm lost track. Let's go back up to uh, 19. Or someone may be chast- chastised chastened on a bed of pain. So, one version of God speaking to somebody is to whisper in their ear and say, hey, wake up, you're going to hell. Another way God chooses to speak to somebody is bring them close to death. Right? In sickness, in a car accident, you come to church in a box cage because you almost broke your neck. You're like the centimeter, the bullet came a centimeter away from your major artery, and if it was just a little bit more, you'd be dead. Stuff like that. You know, it's like, oh, God has uh, granted me a merciful uh, awakening, right? And he says, so, Job, don't you know that? That there's two ways God can speak. One is he can speak to you directly and just just cause you to, to, to listen. Another way is he can bring you close to death. And he says that in some people's lives, it does it two or, or maybe sometimes three times. It, it doesn't promise us that he's going to do that a hundred times for us, but, but God really tries to wake some people up. He really tries to get some people's attention. And in this, Job is saying, God is trying to get your attention, Job. In this suffering, God is trying to get your attention. So what is, what is Job's problem? Job's problem is this. Everything is going perfect to plan. Everything that he wanted is coming together perfectly. His life is going, prosperity, everything is awesome, everything's and he's coming to the point where he doesn't need God. Well, he he still honors God, he still he still brings God, but everything is in his power. Everything and he's become self reliant, dependent on himself. And there's a slight bit of pride that's rising in him. Why? Because when he can say, when you can say to God, accuse me. Tell me what I'm wrong in. You're already off. You're already off the, 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 the path of humility. Why? Because everything consists of, of, of God giving you mercy and grace. Every breath, every time you raise your hand or you, you stretch a muscle and it doesn't pop out of, out of a socket, that's God's grace and that's God's mercy on you. And when you forget about that and everything starts going good in life, well, God loves you so much that He will try to stop you. 
And that's why we pray that prayer boldly in this youth. God, do whatever you want in my life, but help me stay on that path. Do whatever you want. You know what? If it means to crash my car and, and lose a bunch of finances and maybe break a leg and break a, a bone in my body, but my life in me will rise and that, that, that hunger for you will rise and I'll finally be able to, to come on the, the first row of church and be excited about church and, and be excited about praying in the Spirit and, and coming to every prayer and, and staying late and taking notes, then do that. Do that. As long as I can be saved, as long as I can hear you again. Right? Because Job's problem is he's saying, why isn't God answering? How come I can't hear God? Where is God? Where is God? You know, we, we talk about, you know, uh, uh, pastors preach a, a sermon on when you're a baby Christian, maybe two, three months, and just, you're just bathing in God's presence and everything, every word you read in the Bible is like a revelation. You're like, woohoo! You're just like drunk. And I, I have my nephew right now, Max, he's like that. He's like, I'm just like, every time I listen to him, I'm like, oh man, oh, I have to correct him every other word or something. He's like, he's on this revelation and this is a revelation and everything's a revelation to him and, and he, he loves God. I know God's doing something in his life, but he's just like full of energy. He's just like, ah, bouncing off the walls. And I'm like, Max, Max, slow down, slow down. In a while, you're going to get your first test. Welcome to the club of Christianity. And when that happens, you're going to be calling me and going, I don't want to be a Christian anymore. What's going on? Where's God? What happened? And it's like, you know what happened? You start thinking you're great. You start thinking you're awesome. I got it made. I figured it out. I finally got it. And the question that I have is, this is a young guy who brings this reproach. You don't have to be old to understand this. You don't have to be old to understand that the beauty of being a Christian is humility. is to constantly walk in humility. It's not how much you know and how awesome you are able to perform and do. It's to walk in humility. It's to walk, in, walk out through your salvation. And that's why, you know, when, when we see uh, people shoot off the wall and they become super popular and famous and the church is growing and everything is going really, really awesome, we kind of go, hmm, that's, that's great and everything, but that's not how it works. That's not how it all, you know, it, it can work like that. God does do that, but, but he does, you know, touch the world in places and does revivals and miracles and stuff like that, but those things are rare. But when somebody teaches that off stage, that this is the way God is, this is, if you, you know, everybody just make one disciple and the whole world will be saved in, in 48 days. You know, that's simple. <laughs> just one plus one and then everybody does one. And then it's just simple math, guys. Come on, like, you know, preach and hear and preach and hear and, and just... Go and grab, you know, 10 of your craziest friends, bring them into your living room, give them pizza and pop, tell them about Jesus Christ. Then they'll do that in three days. And then those guys will go and, and, and get 20 more guys. And, 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 and that's it. There's Christianity. The world will be saved like that, right? And it's like, whoa, uh-uh. Most people, they see the path, they accept it. And then when they hit the first test, they bounce out. They're gone. And I think on part it's, because we don't prep them. We don't give them the insider information. It's a lot easier to say God's going to fix your whole life and everything's going to go dandy than to tell them the truth that God's going to be with you through everything, but you're going to have to suffer. You're going to have to work in your character, which nobody wants to do. I... Uh, 
wanted to go through top five reasons why God allows us to suffer. That's to bring Him glory. Reason number one, through suffering, you bring glory. And, and sometimes it seems like, man, God is, you know, is God an evil God? Why does He allow us to suffer just to bring Himself glory? No, He, he, he does that to prove a point. See, He's given the ability for the devil to operate. He's given him all of time, all of set time to operate. And he could take him down, he could stop him, but he hasn't. And I think God wants to be able to tell the devil, you had all the time in the world to take over, and you still can't. You had all the time, all the resources. You, have, you, have, you had thousands of years to study humanity, to get him to fall, and to get him to crumble, and to get him to, to go to hell. But yet, thousands of Christians are being saved, and you failed. Your rebellion. I've created you perfect, and I've created you for my glory, but because you chose to rebel, you thought you could be me? You can't. And your plan is going to fail. You can't win. There's no way the devil can win. Yes, he can win some of us, but he'll never be able to stop all of us. He, 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 won't, he won't. He's already missed thousands of people that have made it, right? And, and I believe that we're going to make it if we hold true to, to our faith, if we hold true on our, our gaze. But, but it's to bring him glory. In it, God is saying, look, devil, you can't get Tolik. That guy, look, look at his decision. Right? He, he said, devil's after Job's life. He says, take your hedges of protection on. Let me have this. Let me have this. Let me have this. And God says, see, Job is faithful. You see, you can't win. He has free will to rebel and, and to denounce me and, 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 and to walk away. But yet he chooses me. And you lost. And you'll have all of time. You're even going to raise up an antichrist who's going to kill all Christians. He's going to try to er- eradicate the earth from all the word of God. He's, he's going to try to get everybody to be atheist, zombie, perverted, destructive. And even him, I'm going to stop in one instant. Right? You're not going to win. Number two, he, he refines our heading. You know, uh, that, this is beautiful. It says, it says that, those he loves, he chastises. Those he loves, he corrects. Those he loves, he, he, uh, he, uh, he guides. And to be, to, to, to go through suffering, it, many scriptures says, have joy. Have joy when tests come. Have joy when trials come. Have, you know, be joyful. And First uh, Peter 1, 5 and 6. Have joyful. James 1, 2 and 4. Be joy. Be Be glad. That you're being tested and tried. This, I want to say this, every test in my life, I've learned that I know it's not going to be fun. I know it's not going to be easy. I know I'm, I don't want to do this. But if I get through it, there's a, there's a reward and there's a beauty. And one is, yeah, maybe, maybe it's going to be financially. Maybe it's going to be a, an open door for something else. Maybe it's going to be this. But the biggest reward is to see your heart change, to see your character change, to know, you know what, three years, three years ago, if I was given the option to, if I had $10,000 in my bank account, I would have done this. Now, I don't even think about that. And God can trust me with $10,000 in my bank account. That's amazing. My heart has changed so much. To save us. You know, uh, uh, we as Christians, we go into a stupor. 
And you guys might think of, you know, some people that you'd be like, man, they've been Christians for 50, 60, 70 years and, and nothing has changed in their life. And it's because their whole life they're thinking, man, how do I, how do I avoid unpleasure? How do I avoid, you know, uh, to, you know, where's my, I just want to stay in the comfort zone. I just want to stay in the comfort zone. If, you know, I don't want to be in the front row because that's a bit close. I don't want to be in the back because that's dangerous. In the middle, all right? As long as I, you know, not too early because they'll have me do something in the church. And not, not too late because then, then, yeah, they're going to have me move chairs and stuff. But like five minutes before church, I'll be here. And then 10 minutes after, I'm gone. I got to get a snack, get a tea, say high five. And, and just, they know, they know when to come to youth prayer, you know, just like, you know, right at, uh, f- you know, five, six, you know, if it's at four, and then it's at five o'clock, they show up, youth prayer is about ending. And they're like, they pray for two minutes. and like, yeah. Okay, let's go play volleyball, you know. <laughs> and they're avoiding, they're avoiding all this opportunity to, to work in their character, to, to work it out with God, to, to wrestle and to, and to say, you know what, God, I, prayer is suffering for me. But I want, I want to grow, I want to change, I want something to happen in my life. Number, uh, number three was to save us, is to, to give us the opportunity to grow. We can't grow without tests and trials. Number three is to make us move from holiness to holiness, to, to make us make our lives holy. You know, soon as you get, soon as you get into any kind of suffering, it's like, man, my prayer life improved. My Bible reading plan is like piece of cake. You know, like I, I come to church early. I come, you know, I, 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 uh, I call my, uh, uh, my leader every, every day. And, and man, it's awesome. I'm, uh, that, that thing changed me, right? Makes, it, it, it empowers us to be more holy. And number five is it helps us to stop relying on us. See, uh, what Dennis preached Last Friday, if you guys missed it, get the audio version. Because Dennis is basically saying, that's what kills us, is our self-reliance on us. Is, is we, miss, we miss God's biggest promises that we have to abide in Him, we have to rely on Him, we have to depend on Him. And even when we have a good streak, man, I haven't sinned for three weeks, man. I'm this amazing guy. That's dangerous. That's where, that's, you know, that's, that's a, the next step is you have to have a balance in your life. There's never going to be a point where you're like, man, I got it made. I've been to church solid for a year. I tithe every single penny that I'm supposed to. And, and I've, I've, uh, I've got three new suits. I'm good, you know. <laughs> I, uh, just, man, I, this is, man, I finally, now I can, you know, go to, go relax and, 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 and chillax. And, uh, you know, I, I'm good. And, and. God says, don't you know, yeah, you have all the storehouses. Yeah, you're wealthy, and you, but you've depended on yourself and not on me. You've depended on your own plans and not mine. And that's where you lost me. That's where you're off course. That's where you're gone. You're, you're astray. And, and that's where now I might whisper in your ear in the middle of the night, or I might shake your life because I love you. And see, when Job understood that, when... Elihu finished talking, God took over. And God started telling him, Hey, Job, where were you when, when I was you know, measuring the distances between planets? Where were you when I weighed the amount of uh, water in the ocean? I'm making this up, but it's not what it says. But, but he, 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 he was asking him questions like that, right? Where were, you? where were you when I was creating things? Oh, yeah, you were a speck of dirt. That's right, Job. Remember that? And I don't owe you anything, Job. 
And you should continue trusting me if you want to live, Job. Okay, God, yeah. I got it, I got it, I got it. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you know what? It it doesn't seem fair to me right now, but, but, but I trust you. And Elihu in, in, in verse 33, he says, those who are bed-stricken, those who God took everything from, if they continue, if they endure, if they're faithful, God will restore. God will restore. God, and God shows us that in Job. God restored more than Job could, could have ever gained by his own power. Right? God restored his family, more kids, more wealth, more everything. But the biggest thing is, is now the devil can't even say anything. The devil's like, well, let's test Job. You know, let's, no, he's already been tested. The devil, bug off. Go, let's test somebody else who hasn't been tested. All right? But Job is my example for eternity. That there's men on the earth that won't fall. There's men on the earth that will love me even when, even when they, see it, they see me as unjust. They'll still have faithful. They'll still be faithful. Because they know that there's, I'm the creator and they're not, they're not going to lose that clarity. They're not going to lose that fear of me. Like you did, devil. And uh, I, uh, I, uh, I want to say that Christianity, there's so many issues right now if you dig into Christianity. I, you know, we don't talk about them because we, we have our own issues to deal with and stuff. But as you mature as a Christian, as you move forward in life, you're going to learn about so many battles and so many theological debates and so many different things and so many... Excuse me, and so many uh, things where your your brain just goes crazy because you're like, man, this guy seems right, and this guy seems right, and this, and 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 in it all, in it all, you have to figure it out. In it all, you have to figure out what you're standing on, what you believe, and why do you believe it, right? There's Calvinism, and there's and there's this guy, and 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 you listen to some of these guys, and you're like, just like, man, these guys are like bombs. They're like they're preaching God's word, and then then you listen to it again, and you start to think to what you know and what we've read in our Bible plan and you go, man, I can't believe it. I, that's an error. That's a flaw. And this guy, and, and you understand that there's not one person on this planet that has it all together. That's figured it all out. There's so much wisdom in God's Word. There's so much to learn. There's so much to grab onto. There's so much to, to think about in God. That that's why we're reading our Bible every single day. We're, we're going to the heart. We're going to the core of what it is so that the, the teachings of the left and right don't captivate us, don't get us off stray. And when you begin to think that you have figured it out, man, I'm the only Christian, I'm the only one saved, that's where you got you to gotta run from that. You got to get away from that because... God will judge you. God will stop you. And there's so many Christians, man. They're having whole crusades against other Christians and this Christians. And I'm not talking, I'm not, I'm not saying that, I'm not, I'm, I, I, yes, there's supposed to be rebuke. Yes, there's supposed to be clarity. But, but when a Christian says that every single move of the Holy Spirit is, uh, is demon possession and, and it's all fake and it's all, and you're just like, man, this guy has a huge amount of influence. This is a huge Christian. And it's like these kind of battles. I don't know if you guys know about, but, but huge things and just like, or, you know, you know, evolution versus uh, creation. And people are saying, no, I believe in a God, but I still believe in evolution. And they're mixing it all together. And there's a whole theology on that. And, and there's, there's so many different issues and things that can steal your faith, that can challenge you at your mind and at your heart level that you don't even want to go in. But those are tests and trials as well. But I want to tell you this. God has an answer for all of that. God has a, 
a sweet balance in all of that. And if you run to God, and if you keep trusting God, and if, if you give God time, He will answer you. He says, if you knock, and if you seek, God will help you. God will help you finish this course. God is for you. And in it all, there's so much you still have to learn. There's so much you still have to go through. There's so much price you still have to pay to continue to follow God. And uh, I just want to close with that. And, and I hope that encourages you. That this is the oldest book in the Bible. And it's like a, a foundational stone for all Christians. That this is what you're called to be. This is what you're called to go through. This is what Christianity is. Hebrews 10, uh, 12, 10, and 11. It called to suffering. Corinthians 1, 8 through 9, call to suffering. Call to suffering for, for Christ. Call to, 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 to die to yourself. Call to, to respond to God and, and give up your vision, your goal. And, and I just want to end with that thought. You know, in, it, in this process, in this thing, if your life is going way too smooth, alarm. Ring the alarm. So you know what? I have everything way too figured out. I know where I'm going to go to school. I know what I'm going to do for a living. I know who I'm going to marry. I know what I'm going to eat for the next 12 days. A little bit overboard. Where's God in your picture? What if God, did you give God room to change anything? Are you trusting Him or are you trusting yourself? And uh, I just want to pray with you guys because that's why we're here. We're here to just to, to ask God that question. God, in my life, am I on track with you? Am I, am, I, am I yielding to your spirit? Am I yielding to your call? Am I yielding to you? Am I, am I allowing you to take over my life? Because when I read the Bible, it says that you're the only way. It says to give up even things that I want. Even if my parents stay in the way of me following you, then I'm supposed to give them up to follow you. You know, brothers and sisters, give them up to follow you. It's pretty radical stuff. But those are tests too. You know, I've seen so many young people and I, 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 I want to say that they, uh, they gave up something to stay faithful to God. And it seems like calamity came and hit them even harder. But they're the most trustworthy people that I know in this church. You know, when, when I see that, that tests and trials came on somebody's life and, and he's, he still goes through with it and he still trusts God, man, I don't have to see Dennis for a week, but I know that next Friday, I don't, I don't doubt that he's going to leave God. Or, or Noah, you know, I, I, we have this unity in our youth, you know, I, 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 I can sense and I can feel that some people are, are, are going through it, Nick, you know, when, it, when it's hard, when it's tough, I don't want to go to youth prayer, but I'm still here, I don't want to show up early or, or stay late at youth, I don't want to go to the next uh, uh, rehearsal or meeting or, or plan or, or camp stuff, or, oh, man, there's so much work to be done, but, but this, is, this is part of our growth, this is part of what we are, this is this is, and when we rival and when we unite in that, it, it's the best place in the world to be. And so when you give up, even, you know, parents, oh, you're missing your grandpa's birthday party. Oh, man, if I do that, my grandpa won't bless me for my birthday party. That's negative $35. And, and, then, and, then, and then he's going to be upset at me and he's not going to take me fishing. And, and, oh, man, that's such a big amount of risk I'm going to take. So, but it's scheduled on the same night as, as Girls for Purity. And, 
ah, man, this is such a hard decision. Oh, you get to choose what you want to do with your life. Or, you know, uh, uh, jobs. I'm happy to hear some of you guys are quitting jobs because they're making you work on Friday. I'm like, wow, man, yes, somebody's doing it. Not just, not just a few people. There's more people that are like, you know what, I don't work Sundays, I don't work Fridays. Tough luck. I, I'm sorry, boss. I, I'm devoted to somebody greater than you. And, and sorry you don't know him, but, but uh, you should. That's basically what you're telling them. And I have a... Uh, I had a situation at work uh, that I was, I, was, I was kind of upset about it because I was like, man, I don't understand. So I got hired on, uh, on a sales team, work part-time sales. And after me, this gal gets hired, and she's working full-time sales. And she was uh, the first month we worked together. She wasn't, like, uh, very, uh, you know, competitive. We were friends, and everything's good. But I noticed some of my people that I initially started to work with as clients ended up on her sales desk, and they stopped talking to me. And I'm like, well, I'm part-time, so on the days that I'm off, if they come in, she takes them from me. <clears throat> and I didn't mind that because I wasn't on commissions. I'm just learning, whatever. But it started to get annoying, and, and I noticed that her attitude towards me started to change. And uh, it started to change because she grabbed all the work that came in the office, and she just overwhelmed herself. And last week, I made a decision that I don't want to continue in sales. I think it's a good learning curve. It was awesome, but but... Not for the summer and not in this location. There's a couple things that don't add up. It's in the summertime, the walk-in clients stop to drop off and everybody goes to hang out with their kids on vacation, stuff like that. And so it's hard to uh, work the sales floor. If you have builder accounts, anyways, it's over your head. For some of you, you don't care. But she is just swamped with work. And so on Tuesdays and Thursdays that I come in, I'm supposed to take over the floor. She's supposed to go in the back of the office and catch up on all, you know, calling all the clients, putting together all the figures and writing up jobs. And so when I talked to the boss, I said, hey, you know what? I'm pretty much out. I'll continue working here as a favor because I told you, I'd, I'd, you know, I gave you my word that I would, I would give it a year before, I, before we made a final decision. But it was always flexible hours, right? So I'm telling you that I'm going to minimize my hours as much as possible. And if I have a job on Thursdays or Tuesdays, I'm just going to take it. I'm going to tell you ahead of time, stuff like that. And she's like, that's fine because... I'm actually happy that you're working here part-time because if I take on, nobody else wants to work part-time because uh, they don't have anything like you, like install, installation on the site, so I can't hire somebody part-time, you know, and, and so I'm kind of stuck in the jam, and you're kind of stuck in the jam. If you can just show up whenever you can, I'll be happy, and you'll be happy, and we'll work out of the situation. I'm like, that's great. But this gal blew a gasket because now she finds out I, I got a good job, an installation job, and I don't know how she found out, but she got so mad because she's working 10, 12 hours faithfully to this business idea and she's making less money than me and I'm coming in there going, oh, that was a good sleep and, and, <laughs> no, and she's so mad and I had a client, I had a client that, that snapped her. A client came in to return some tiles and on my work orders I'm saying, hey, this is a material sale only type of thing. You can't return tiles because it, it, it costs so much time and energy for us to return three of your extra tiles and we get, you know, deduction plus all the truck movement and everything, we lose money. And so we write, and I clarify that with him and everything. So he didn't like the tiles that he got, and so he decided to return them. I wasn't working that day, so she took the return without looking at the work ticket, promised to give him his money back when Andre comes back on the next day. And, and so the debate goes, hey, well, why didn't you look at our company policy? 
And she's like, ah. Oh. She wrote me like, you come deal with your own return garbage and blah, 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 and this and this and that. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I, I, I know why she's aggressive. Because it's eating her up inside. Why is this guy, you know, I, I, she basically took over my job. She basically pushed me out of the office. And at the end of it, God's with me and she sees a smile on my face and she goes, I don't get it. I, this is just bothering me. This guy doesn't care about making money. How is that possible? This guy, this guy just shows up whenever he wants to, leaves earlier than everybody else. And, 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 and the boss doesn't even get to do that. And this guy does. And, and what, you know, who is this guy? And what's this deal? And, and, she, and for the littlest things, she would get so mad. Like I, I said, hey, I have another uh, meeting at 11 o'clock with a builder. I'm going to go look at some other big jobs. Just wanted to let you know that I'm stepping out of the office. And she goes, what? I'm not taking over the sales floor. You go talk to the boss right now. I'm like, well, actually, that's what I was going to go do. I just wanted to give you a heads up ahead of time. Well, you're not helping me at all. I'm like, well, that's not my job. I'm very sorry that I can't help you. That's my job is to make money for myself, not for you. And, <clears throat> and uh, I didn't tell her that. That's what I thought. So I went to the boss, and I told, I told Shalane that I said, you know what, uh, 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 I'm leaving for an extra long lunch. Just wanted to give you a heads up. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Just tell Emily. I'm like, I did. She blew up on me, and she's really mad at me. And she's like, oh, interesting. Okay. And then when I leave home for the night, I go, hey, Emily, have a good rest of your week. Nothing. And I'm like, bye, Emily. Nothing. And I'm like, Emily, are you mad at me? Are you, you know, did I do something? Did I actually, because I didn't, I didn't tell her that. I just, I just came there to inform her that I'm leaving for a couple hours, that she's going to be alone on the sales floor. And uh, she goes, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. And she's, I'm just like, I'm just like, man, some people have issues. And, I, you know, they told me that in sales, you can become a sales zombie. Where, because if you go into commissions, you have to sell to make money. And when you have a family, a house, and stuff, and, and commissions, when you're going through the fall season and everything, you're like watching money go across your desk. You want to jump into commissions and, and get into it head over heels. But then summertime happens and the work slows down and you just jumped into commissions, which the boss told her ahead of time, which is not a smart move, but she wanted to because she just was so prideful that she was so successful in three months she could take over the whole floor and she had so much volume and she had so and everybody was praising her like crazy like wow you're just a superstar and i and the whole time i'm going oh danger 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 back away back away back away this is not good i don't i'm so glad that i have a god and i have a character and i have precepts and laws on my heart that protect me from that I'm so glad that God has tested me and tried me and, and that I could be on the sales, but it's not all about money. It's not all about hosing the next client that comes in. And it's about integrity and value and, and just learning and, and, and enjoying what you do. And, and at the end, hopefully God will take care of you. Hopefully, and He does. And that's beautiful. That's awesome. To experience that is, is amazing. I, uh, uh, I wasn't planning on sharing that. I was planning to go into prayer. But... With that, I want to close, and I want to say, uh, tonight, let's rise, let's close our eyes, and, and I wanted to uh, just, we can have some, some musicians, or maybe one musician, uh, just wanted to spend the next few minutes and, uh, and refocus, you know, uh, we have a lot of information, go home, read your notes again, pray in your own prayer closet, you know, ask God, God, you know, 
There's so much scary stuff that's happening in this world. There's so many stuff that, that, you know, that causes me to want to give up my faith. There's so many trials and tests. But if these trials and tests is to build me, and if this is the only way, then I want to make a decision to yield into them, to accept it with joy. I want to change my attitude, just like Job changed his attitude. I don't want to fight you on this. If this is the way, if this is how it is, if this is how it's been from the beginning, this is your salvation plan, then I don't want to fight you. I, I want to yield.